The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to your brand new episode of I Love Wellness. We have a amazing guest on the show today. Very excited for this conversation. Please welcome health coach and founder of Raw Beauty Co, Erin Trelore to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Hi, Erin. How are you doing? I'm great. I am Where great. Are you? are you in Canada? I am. I'm in Canada. I'm on the West Coast in Vancouver, BC. Oh gosh, it must be just so peaceful there compared to <laughs> living in living to the south of you. <laughs> I mean, it, we are keeping up on everything that's been going on down there, and you guys are our close neighbors. And I have so many friends who are living in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a little more chill up here, a little more chill. But also everything that's happening down there, as we've now seen with COVID, we are such a global community. So it's like what is happening there is really a representation of what is happening in um, in all places in the world. So, yeah, we're all in it together. Are you just watching what's happening with our government with like shock, just like we are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yes, yes, yes. But as I said, it's it's just such a representation of where humanity is at right now. And obviously not with everybody, but it is, I think what's happening in the U S it has all of us reflecting inward and kind of reassessing what's going on in our own countries in our own cities and the places that we live in our own communities. And this is a conversation beyond politics now it goes into race and culture. And I mean, just so many healthcare and so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have a really interesting business. I, I know that you're a health coach, but you are the founder of raw beauty co and the program is the raw beauty reset. And so basically what you're trying to do in the program is to transform your client's relationship with food and their body. And it's based on these four pillars of nourishment, movement, mindset, and self-love. And you um, take people back to like the fundamentals of wellness um, when it comes to their bodies. So like eating intuitively, creating healthy habits, I guess for you, um, if you could share what inspired you to start raw beauty to begin with and kind of get into this area, um, of health coaching, I'm always really interested with people that, you know, um, have built a really successful business in spaces like this and, and your personal journey. Cause I'm sure that there's a story there. Mm. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for so succinctly stating what it is that I do, because I feel like that is, that's really rare. And you just kind of got right down to the root of what it is that I do now. And the inspiration behind everything that I'm working on uh, was, as it so often is, really my own struggle with my relationship with food and my body. And that began back when I was 15. And I went from being this tall, skinny beanpole to all of a sudden having like boobs and a butt. And I was doing a lot of dance and, um, the comparison game started to play in. I was at that time flipping through 17 and YM magazine and, uh, comparing myself to the girls in those images. And what started off as really just wanting to be a bit healthier, like wanting to slim down my thighs just a tiny bit, 
turned into a really bad eating disorder. And within the course of a year, I dropped down to 89 pounds. I'm 5'11", so that was not healthy for my body type at all. Lost yeah. my period, um, had to, I went from sort of being a straight A student to having to drop out of several classes because I couldn't think properly anymore. I could not tap into, I just, I just had no brain space left for um, things that you require as an actual functioning human being. So I ended up hospitalized. I spent three months in a, an inpatient program at a hospital in, in BC. And, um, when I left the hospital, I was at a healthier weight, but my relationship with food was still really volatile. I kind of moved into this new pattern of restricting and being really conscious of what I was eating during the day and then just binging at night and secretly eating, you know, going to different drive throughs and then feeling so shameful, so remorseful, so guilty. Like I was such a failure. And so the next day I would exercise and exercise and exercise to basically punish myself and make up for what I'd eaten and then restrict. And the pattern and cycle just continued. It was an interesting stage because on one hand, looking in from the outside, you probably would have thought like, everything's fine. It wasn't like I became super overweight or depressed. I was still working and functioning, but that is just not a way to live. In some ways, I think it was worse than the eating disorder because uh, when I had that diagnosis of anorexia, you've got this team of support behind you, supporting you. Whereas I think a lot more women are living day to day in this space of constantly feeling like they need to restrict or diet or be very aware of what it is that they're eating, feeling like exercise is strictly to get your body to look a certain way because you need to look a certain way to be valued in this society. And then whenever they eat anything that's not on their good list of foods or the okay list of foods or that macro amount that they're allowed to have, they feel terribly guilty and awful about themselves. And we've got to start realizing that when we're living in this space, we have put a ceiling on ourselves. We are like living in essentially a cage and so much of our, our brain capacity and what makes us truly amazing as women and human beings are gifts are subdued. They're, they're, we're no longer able to really show up fully. Our light is dimmed essentially as cheesy as that sounds. It's the best analogy. It's like we're on a dimmer switch. And when we're focused that much on food and our body and all of these pieces around what we look like, we're just dimming that light so much. Yeah. So yeah, that was a really painful chapter of my life. And it is ultimately what led to me starting Rob Beauty Co. I started an interview series. We featured over 200 women without makeup, photo editing, or filters. And I asked them questions about how they felt about themselves, mm-hmm. uh, what their thoughts were on things like plastic surgery and Botox and coloring our hair. I mean, everything. We talked about everything. And um, and that, that went a bit viral and led to more opportunities. And, um, eventually I was like, I cannot have another conversation with a woman who is not seeing how amazing and incredible she is without some tools to support her in moving forward. And that's sort of where the health coaching came in. I found my first gray hair the other day. I wanted to die. (laughs) 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 
Yeah, I think, you know, what you were just talking about is a shared experience amongst women. I don't know a single woman who hasn't, you know, thought about this kind of stuff or thinks about it on a daily basis, to be totally honest with you. I think about it constantly. I wake up every morning and I go in the bathroom and I lift up my shirt and I'm like, how skinny am I today? Right. Right. Everyone I know does this. And I think that the biggest challenge for me, and I think for a lot of women is, there's a disconnect for me in terms of like, what is the breaking point? Like, what, like, how do I actually educate myself about this? How do I actually really start to believe that I'm just as I'm, I'm beautiful and perfect just as I am, because for our entire lives, we've been conditioned to think otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of stuff to have to, to dig through um, and to have to unpack. It's like a lifetime's worth of work. And I'm just curious, you know, when you are working with people, when you take on new clients, like, where do you even begin? Because mm. to, to help somebody truly feel different about themselves is, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it, it, it is work. It is the best kind of work that you can do though, because it's the kind of work that will free you up. And so there are a few fundamental things that I've found have been really helpful. I call them the eight paradigms and of the raw beauty reset. And so a paradigm is an idea that we collectively believe. And the very first thing that you learn when we start the reset is we, we go through these paradigms and you question whether or not they resonate with you. And so those are things like the idea that your body is actually on your team. So we have to shift from my body's against me. It's not doing what I need it to do. Like, why am I the only one who can't get a six pack or why, like, why am I the only one who can't figure out this dieting thing to understanding that your body really truly is designed to support you in not only surviving, but thriving mm -hmm. your body wants what is best for you. So when we start listening to our body and tuning in and we start honoring those lessons that our body's giving us, then we're now working on the same team with our body and we'll move into flow. So that's anything from identifying what are the foods that make you feel really good. And we put those on what I call our high energy food list. And what are the foods that make you feel kind of blah or you break out afterwards or you're super gassy to the, not like nor, there's some bloating that's normal, but like the painful gassy that we sometimes yeah. get. And so if we start to look at just food, for example, from that lens on my high energy food list, I could have some things like um, my green smoothie, uh, chicken noodle soup, uh, frozen yogurt, Miss Vicky's chips, because nothing happens to me when I have some chips every once in a while and they give me a lot of pleasure and I actually really enjoy them. Sure. On my low energy list, I have things like white bread, onions, chickpeas, because those things, even though onions and chickpeas would be considered healthy for some people, don't mm -hmm. work well with my personal body. Mm -hmm. So we take away these lists of what's good and what's bad and what we should be eating according to this person or that trainer. And we really tune back into our body. When you think about, um, when you're sick, your body is giving you strong signals that it is time to rest. It needs you to lie down. It needs you to slow down so that it can do its job. 
when we have acute pain, say you hurt your elbow or your knee, your body's telling you, I need you to take a break on that area so that I can heal. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to listen to our body and work with our body, I find that's when we can really tap into wellness at a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece is kind of rewiring our perspective on certain things. And then another piece is examining our beliefs. Our beliefs shape everything that we experience in the world. If we have a belief that we're not beautiful or that we're not lovable or that we're not capable or that we never follow through, as we move through life, we ultimately bring that truth into existence. But what's interesting about beliefs is that they're not necessarily true. Mm. Beliefs are just stories that we've being told at some point in our life that we picked up and that we have now been carrying around on our back. So some of these beliefs, um, we can unearth and, and start to understand where did that belief come from? Why is it that I feel like my thighs are so disgusting and we can start to piece through, Oh, my mom actually was always from a young age talking about her thighs or every magazine that I open or every time I go on Instagram, I see these filtered versions of women's legs and mine don't look like that. So therefore mm -hmm. mine are wrong or bad. And we can start to piece together where this story was created for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's some work around beliefs. There's some work around perspective changes um, that can be done. And those things alone can, can really shift and transform your perspective of yourself very, very quickly. You know, it takes mm -hmm. continuous work, but it's like cooking an egg. Once you've cooked the egg, you can't go back. You can't unsee the things that you learn. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, I mean, I've, I've had that same experience. I think the, the idea of shifting perspective is so, so powerful. What's challenging as human beings is we all have these um, like innate blind spots, right? And so you don't know what you don't know. And so I think what's challenging for most people is moving from that space of living in the dark and feeling uncomfortable and feeling bad to recognizing that you can make a change, that you can take steps, that you can move forward, that there is a different way to think. Like that gray zone in particular between like inaction and action, I think is the most challenging part for a lot of people. It, it, it is for me, you know what I mean? And I think that that's why so many people struggle for so many years with whatever it is that gets them down or makes them think a certain way about themselves, right? Mm. I mean, even in the past few weeks, you know, because I've, I'm somebody that has dealt with depression and anxiety and, you know, romantic relationships that have been up and down for the past few years. And a couple of weeks ago, and this is un unrelated to, to food, but I guess, you know, comes back to how you feel about yourself. I just decided it was more exhausting to feel bad every single day. And it was just easier to start to like love myself and be happy with myself and just be okay with like being alone right now. It's just mm. less stressful. It's less exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. You know my mom always used to say when trying harder, isn't working, try softer. And it <laughs> sounds almost like you had that shift where it's like, what would it be like to just try softer, to just accept, to just love myself, to just like, throw my hands in the air a little bit and just, and just 
relax into it versus constantly white knuckling. I mean, you're, you're so spot on that, that gray space that you talked about where Mm -hmm. people are uncomfortable, but often when you're in that space, you don't realize how uncomfortable you are. You, or you're trying little things here or there, but what I found, whether it was listening to podcasts or reading books or working with a coach or doing therapy or taking a meditation class, because we have blind spots, it's so important on the journey to health to look to others to learn and to reflect back to us and to get curious and to expand our knowledge because we only know what we know. And so it's, I mean, for me, just beginning my health journey in the hospital, but then finding a coach that I resonated with and then diving into like all the self-help books. I mean, still I'm obsessed with this type of thing and self-care and, and my husband's like, are you, is there anything like that you haven't read in this area? <laughs> like, it's so exhausting. Just get some fiction. And I, but I just love it. I absolutely love it. So I would encourage, you know, start, start there, just start tuning into and getting curious about other people's stories and what has worked for them and trying things out here or there. Yeah. Just curious if you guys have heard of Green Chef yet. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company with meals for a variety of lifestyles, including vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. With Green Chef, you can enjoy clean ingredients that you trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. You can also switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. And I personally have enjoyed how much time Green Chef helps me save on busy weeknights, and I can feel great about what I'm eating because of the variety of high quality clean ingredients. Our listeners can go to greenchef.com slash ILW90 and use code ILW90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash ILW90 and use that code ILW90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Now back to I Love Wellness. So, you know, you've generated this really beautiful following online um, of what it really looks like, feels like, means to be a woman. Do you think that society is catching up to this concept or moving farther away? Mm, I think it's complicated, but I do think we've made some really incredible strides in the last 10 years compared to where we were then, there's a lot more body diversity that's being seen in media. I feel like companies now are really being thoughtful about show showcasing, you know, a variety of different women. Yes. The white thin woman still remains the predominant figure in a lot of media, but there, there has been a huge shift. I can feel it where companies are like, we need to have representation of different people, even Cosmopolitan's most recent cover, which said on, on the, the, the cover was, this is healthy. And it showcased different women with different bodies and talked about their health journeys was really revolutionary. That's a magazine that was around when I was younger and every single month, I mean, Lo, you've probably been on it. It's a woman and literally the same body every single time that yeah. is being Photoshopped with the girl's head, we all know that, that like sexy Cosmo image. And this yeah. was really different. It was very controversial and, and people have, 
you know, uh, different views on that, those covers, but at the same time, it's, it's different. Victoria's Secret show has been canceled now. There's a reason for that. Um, and so I do think we're seeing changes and I, and at the same time, I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I would agree. I had a, you know, personal experience lately. I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw an ad from the brand Monday Swimwear and they had, you know, a body inclusive model. And it was such, it was such a beautiful picture. And then I started to get the ads, you know, cause you get retargeted and <laughs> yes. constantly. And I was totally influenced and I felt so good about the images that I was seeing from this brand making, you know, sexy bathing suits for all women. And I bought a couple of their bathing suits and it's the first time in years I've bought a two-piece bathing suit and actually felt good about it. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Bravo to companies who are actually, you know, taking a stand on the idea of body inclusivity, because uh, I can say from firsthand experience that it is making a difference. It is. And it's probably so wild for people to hear somebody like you, Lo, talking about checking your stomach in the mirror in the morning and not feeling comfortable buying a two-piece bathing suit because to so many women, you have the perfect body. And so I think this is just such an important message because it just goes to show that no matter what your body looks like or what you look like, or if you've been on reality TV, or if you have this like incredible wellness business that we can all still struggle with this. So it actually has nothing to do with how we as individuals look. And it has everything to do with the stories we've been told over and over and over for our whole lives as women. Mm -hmm. What would you say to young girls who are listening to make them feel more confident in their own skin? Because they've been inundated since they were very young with all kinds of images and media, just like we have, but probably even more so, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how how should a young woman like think about herself in this time? Is there like, do you have any like tips or tricks on how to like just stop Um, (laughs) reassess? Yeah. So first I want to share a little story that I read in Glennon Doyle's book Untamed that just spoke so deeply to me and I'll do my best to share it somewhat eloquently, but (laughs) we'll see how that works out. I want you to imagine for a moment that you, your soul, that inner deep part of your consciousness is like an ocean and that your body is a bucket. Mm -hmm. So all of us in this lifetime, as we walk the earth, it's like a bucket has scooped up some of the ocean, right? Our body is the bucket and we are the water. We, our soul is the water. Mm-hmm. So for this moment of time, when we're on the earth, we've been placed in a bucket and some of the buckets are red and some of the buckets are blue and some of them are small and some of them are big and they're all different. At the end of the day, you are the ocean. You are not the bucket. You've got this body that you're here to walk on the earth with, to use as a tool as kind of a holding space for your gifts and all that you are. And that's all that it is. That's all that it is. Despite everything that we've been told and where our value lies and this and that. And the other thing, this is the truth that you are so much more than your body. Now, I believe that if 
we choose to, it's nice for us to take care of our bucket, to take Mm -hmm. care of our holding space so that we can live vibrantly and so that we can use our gifts and so that we can go out and find joy and experience in, in life. Um, and so that's why I really work as somebody who's had anxiety and issues with food on my wellness and on my self-care. It comes from a place of self-love, of wanting to honor and cherish this body that I have. Uh, I think that that's the very first thing is to re- really remember. And it is so hard for this message to sink in because we, we haven't heard it nearly enough that you are truly more than your body. The second thing that is true for anybody who is in recovery from something and, and the stories we've been told about our bodies, um, it's a traumatic one. And so if you go through like addiction relief or Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the things that they recommend is to surround yourself with sober people. And I would say the same is true in this world. Surround yourself with different bodies. And the main place that you have control of doing this is on social media. People are on social media so much right now. And you have to remember that you curate your feed. So you get to choose exactly what images you're seeing. And you can choose images that are either helping you or harming you. Now, some people follow fit, fitness inspiration accounts or they follow girls that um, are aspirational and they're like, yeah, but I, you know, I feel inspired by them to work harder and to be better. And you, at the end of the day, you have to do a self-check for yourself. It, do you, does this individual make you feel expansive? Do they make you feel lighter? Do they make you feel like the best version of yourself? Or do they make you feel like you're not enough, that you're less than, and you're not good enough? Do they dim that light again? <laughs> do you feel jealous? Do you feel envious? Then why are you poisoning yourself with that? Literally just mute the person or unfollow them. It's as simple as that, but you've got to have authority over your own page and mm-hmm. you've got to start recognizing what is helping you and what is hurting you. Um, so the very first thing that people can do right now is get on your damn phone and Start unfollowing accounts that are poisoning you, that are bringing you down, mute them if you need to, and start following the ones that feel true to you, that feel right, that make you feel uplifted in this moment. Don't question it. Don't wonder why. There's nothing wrong with you. Just trust that inner instinct. Um, So those are just two. One of them's more of sort of an idea or perspective shift. And then the other one's a tool that people can use right away. Uh, we all have different bodies. Nobody is perfect in all the conversations that I have had. It is always the individuals who society would deem as being the most beautiful that tend to have the lowest self-esteem and are most tied to the way that they look. Mm-hmm. So this is just an important thing for people to realize because it means that no matter how beautiful you look or how perfect your body looks, that that isn't where we find freedom from these issues. It doesn't matter what number you hit on the scale. If you are not working on yourself from a place of self-love, you won't feel any better. And anybody who's listening to this right now, who has been on a diet and lost that 10 pounds or 20 pounds knows that you feel good for a second. You're like, damn, my jeans are fitting better. I feel more energized. And then you're like, oh shit, I've got to keep this weight. I can't start eating all the things again. Like I have to be on top of this. And your mindset remains exactly the same in that little cage that I was talking about earlier. So 
you know, we've got to just really move from this space of self-love, honoring our body, choosing things that make us feel really good inside and out. And as we do that, you will find your weight lands at a healthier space. You feel more energized and vibrant. Mm -hmm. The cloud starts to lift. Um, Yeah. And there's a lot of good things waiting for you there. But that's fantastic. All right. Well, I have two more questions for you. They're questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. So the first is what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in private. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am. I mean, as Robbie talks, I feel like I share everything, but one thing I've been doing lately is this, it's called the Omnilux, um, Omnilux contour face mask. And it's this LED red light mask. I look like a complete psychopath when I wear it. So it's not something that I could ever, I would ever probably post (laughs) and my kids think it's crazy, but it straps onto your face and it's collagen producing. And I mean, all these things that they tell you that it's going to be, uh, I also for a very long time, um, what, yeah, no, I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that one for the, for the next time we chat. (laughs) That's fine. Um, my last question is what's one thing you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Slowing down, slowing down. This is my greatest practice. It's the thing I find hardest and really remembering and sinking into this idea of abundance in life. There are, for me, that's, um, the abundance of time that we have in -hmm. our day to do the things that we want to create the abundance of, uh, opportunity that's out there, the abundance of financial support that is out there, the abundance of loving, caring, generous women that are out there, uh, for my women who I coach that are single and in that space and 2020 has been so hard for dating. It's like, they're, And they often get into this mindset of like, there's no good guys left out there. No, there is. There's an, there are an abundance of really incredible human beings and men out there. And there, there, this is a really abundant world that we live in. That practice um, is one that I'm, I work on every day to help calm my nervous system and live from more of a space of trust. And it has given so much to me. Hmm. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so where can our listeners find you online, learn more about you, raw beauty? Yeah, everything is at rawbeauty.co. And I'm also over on Instagram at rawbeautytalks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story um, and your perspective on all of this. I think it was helpful for me and I'm sure it's helpful for people that listen to this episode. Um, So thank you so much for your time, Erin. Have a great day. Thank you.